evening. So, uh, evening, yes, let me pray. Father, I just thank you, praise your holy name. Just pray that you would just um, guide each person ahead of myself, Father, Lord God. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So, <clears throat> we have been talking about the, the heart, right? The, the heart. So, we're going to be talking about fear and fear in the the heart how we overcome it we know let's go to um second timothy one verse seven well let's start in verse seven but you know what <clears throat> we're going to start in verse three we're going to read this type um passage in its um correct context so Paul is writing to Timothy, is in prison, right? And um, of course, this is Paul's last let letter to Timothy, and Paul gets executed. And so he's writing in that context. So essentially, this is passing on the baton. And he says, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother. See what Paul is doing is creating this connection, this identity. Clearly, somebody says your grandmother, there's a sense of identity there, grandmother Lois, and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. See how he's created an identity? For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So it's almost like Paul is getting Timothy to muster up something that is there that Timothy may not know is there. For God has not given us a spirit of timid, timidity, but a power and love and discipline. So God, timidity, just another uh, uh, synonym for fear. Um, therefore, look what he says now. Therefore. Verse 8, so it's talking about the antecedent, therefore, because God has not given us a spirit of fear. I could put that in there. <clears throat> and excuse me, guys, I think I must be losing my voice or something. But therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me as prisoner. What is that? There, right there is identity. Do not, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. So clearly, if somebody gets executed for their faith, it could be understandable that a person who is, who is now your protege Right, is going to have some fear. The mentor gets killed. The project is going to have some fear. But look what he's doing. He's 
creating a sense of identity. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me as prisoner. What is that saying? What's the identity? I am suffering for Christ. I am suffering for Christ. You don't, how do you overcome fear? It's establishing a sense of identity. Really. Otherwise, there's going to be a fear that's going to come that's going to blow you down. You might be good where you are right now, right? But there's going to be a wind that is going to come that is going to blow you down only unless you have this sense of identity established. Really, it won't blow you down because let's face it. If the mentor is being executed for his faith, then one day the protege could be executed for his faith. Paul is preparing him right now. Look, I'm not being executed because I stole something, because I robbed something. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. He's actually saying, I'm in prison now for Christ. Right? I am in prison for Christ. I'm suffering this because of Christ. But join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. So meaning, meaning now that it is a virtue to be doing that. That's the identity. This is what we have to understand in terms of our faith, right? We are going to suffer for our faith. I mean, kind of suffering we have in America is not nobody's going to execute you for your uh, for your faith here well <laughs> no <laughs> no nobody nobody's going to execute you for your faith who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I have appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, right? I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Do you see how now you have to connect a sense of identity to, to you negate your fear, right? And there's different levels. There are different levels of things that people are going to go through. But you have to, what Paul is actually doing, clearly, if Paul was in the hospital, or had financial uh, 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 problems, yeah, he wouldn't be speaking like this, right? He's speaking like this with this kind of sense of finality here, but that's okay because look what he says. Um, he talks about Jesus Christ who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So essentially, what he's actually saying is, I've trusted, yeah, I'm going to be executed now. I'm going to die in worldly terms, but who have I trusted? I've trusted the one 
who has abolished death. Really, the one who has actually abolished that. No Christian should be afraid of death. Really, no Christian should be afraid of death. That is the kicker, right? And Paul does this exposition in 1 Corinthians 15, where he talks about Christ has taken the sting out of death. In fact, he even says, oh, death, where is your sting? Right? So meaning that in order to truly overcome fear, right? Because there's different levels of fear. Oh, well, that, oh, it's been a cold winter, that national grid bill that comes in. Oh, I'm fearful of that. Well, clearly that is not as fearful, right? You're not as fearful as that, as something that threatens your life. You know, the national grid bill, for the gas bill that we get here in we actually it hasn't been that bad uh this <laughs> this winter right but really nobody is going to be threatened with death over that even when it's bad right so there's different levels right of of fear some people do you know some people actually have more of a fear of public speaking than anything else. There's some people who have more of a fear of being lonely than anything else. There's some people who have more of a fear of losing their job than losing their health. There's all different kinds of phobias that people have. But really, if someone were to say, what is the big kicker? It's to be able to overcome the fear of death. It's to be able to overcome that one. And why is that? Because that is kind of the great unknown, although to a Christian, it should be known where you are going, right? That should not be a mystery. But really, because a lot of people don't meditate on that, on heaven and where they're going, because most people are focused here on living. That kind of still is the great unknown. It really, and once you can overcome the fear of death, you, that's when you can truly, truly live. And this is why Paul is speaking to Timothy like this, right? Because if not, Timothy could be evangelizing i'm preaching somewhere and almost be like oh wow the cops are coming let me run you know i mean he's just going to be and that is not going to be a good witness so we have to have this identity we have to essentially align our identity with eternity right we are that's what we have to do you cannot align, everything here can be lost. So you can't align yourself with anything here because everything here can be lost. You have to align yourself in order to be able to come fit, overcome fit with something that cannot be lost. Someone could say, oh, I'm great, could start beating their chest, oh, I'm in good health today, but tomorrow, 
You may not be. Oh, yo, I am great. I'm fine. Yo, loads of money in the bank, 401k piled up. Oh, wow. The mattress piled up. <laughs> oh, what's under the mattress? <laughs> it's piled up, right? I got it all. Oh, wow. Cayman Islands accounts. Yo, uh, Liechtenstein offshore accounts. Oh, I got it all piled up. Well, all of that can be lost. All of that stuff can be lost. And so truly to overcome fear, you cannot align yourself with anything that's perishable. Jesus said, lay up treasures in heaven where moth doesn't destroy them, rust doesn't you know, erode them away, right? Thieves don't come in and steal them, lay up treasures in heaven. What we have to do in order to be able to overcome fear in this world is to align ourselves, is to identify with the next. You can't just say, I've just overcome fear. No, why? What is at the root of that? Does it have a root? Because what about when the next fear or a bigger fear comes? Because it's like peeling of an onion, right? They are, there are layers. There are layers. You may say, I've overcome resentment until you go down and find these layers. I felt years ago I'd overcome my, my, the resentment I had towards my mother until I uncovered, you know, as I walked with God, that I had deep down, deep-seated resentment towards her. We almost want to think, no, it's not there. And that's the whole idea of our hearts being deceived, right? That's the whole idea of us being deceived because we want to justify in our mind. So many people will say, will quick to say without even doing a search of them, say, oh, yeah, I've forgiven that person a long time ago to discover that they have deep-seated, deep-seated unforgiveness. Deep seated, it's deep, 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 deep down. And you know, is how I would describe this walk with the Lord. I would describe this walk with the Lord the same way I would describe saying to a guy, Here's a shovel. I know that there's treasure on these grounds somewhere. Just start digging. Just start digging. And the more you dig, the more you're actually finding as you're looking for that treasure, because the treasure of Jesus is deep down. But as you're looking for that treasure, there's all, so many other things that you are going to find as you are looking for it. And the scripture says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. But there's a lot of things, right, that are blotting out the treasure, such as fear. 
such as jealousy, such as bitterness, such as pride, such as all of these other things. And we can almost have this victory and be dancing, dancing on the ceiling, but not understanding that there are other things that we need to dig up. And here's the thing that the enemy wants you to think. The enemy wants everybody to think that they're all set. The enemy wants everyone to think that they are all set. No, I don't have any, any fear. We know with Peter, but we've talked about it before. No, master, I'll go with you to the death. He didn't even realize he had this fear deep down, right? And why did he have this fear deep down? Because he wasn't identifying with eternity. You want to overcome fear in this world? No. Can identify with your mama. Can identify with your papa. Can identify with your kids. Can identify with your job. Can identify with your car. And that car that Sandy is getting sounds very, very nice. You can't identify with that. That won't help you overcome fear. Can identify, I don't know, with your favorite group, you know, pop group. No, you've got to identify with eternity. Got to identify with eternity to be able to overcome what happens here on earth. To be able to overcome all of the issues that you that go on here. Want to go to Second Corinthians right right now. Second Corinthians. I'm going to go to chapter four. Right, Second Corinthians. Going to go to chapter four. So, and look at verse eighteen. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Meaning, we have to identify with the things that are not seen. For the simple reason be, it's the eternal identification that enables us to overcome the temporal fear. In fact, actually, it's the eternal identification that enables us to overcome anything that we go through here, anything that's temporal, right? Everything here is going to pass away. But the eternal is not our problem that gets us jammed up is that we identify so much with the material world, really. And if you identify with the material world, it means you're in bondage to the material world. And if you identify with the eternal world, it means you're liberated from the material world. And here's the thing, when you are liberated from the material world, you can even enjoy it better because it's not now an idol to you, right? It's not something that you need to identify with that has any, any kind of source of meaning because it really doesn't have any meaning. It really doesn't, if you think about it. It's eternity that has meaning. 
you think, you actually think about how many years you have lived and what did they really mean? Really, think about it. Many people have actually lived decades, their entire life, almost searching for meaning without finding meaning. That world has meaning, eternity. That's where you are from. Our lives don't really have meaning until you connect to the eternal. People, this is the problem with the material world, right? Is that people are trying to find meaning in this world. You see those patriot fans, God bless them, painting up their faces, painting up their kids' faces, all of that, right? Searching for meaning, right? You see people, workaholics, searching for meaning. Stamp collectors, searching for meaning. The kayakers and the hikers, searching for meaning. I'm not saying that those things are wrong, but we have a tendency to want to, our hearts are gravitating towards the material world, somehow searching for meaning. You know, people are asking, people what they do before they're even asking who they are, right? Go to any networking event, really. It's, it's meaning. In fact, people are even ascribing meaning. Okay, you do this, okay. That must mean that this is who you are. This world is conforming us. This is why people have fear because of their identity to this world and the fear of detachment and the fear of having no sense of self. But when you identify with the eternal, here's what you identify with, something that can't be lost. And that's what gives you the ability to overcome fear. Really, that is what gives you the ability to overcome fear. People growing old and become fearful. Elizabeth Taylor didn't even want to go out. She became a recluse. Why was that? Because, oh, no, nobody can see me beautiful. Nobody can see my hair going gray. Nobody can see me putting on weight. Really? That's what she identified with. Once you identify with the eternal will, you have no fear of all of those things. Really? You have no fear of, of going growing old. You have no fear of you know, losing whatever your mojo. You know, you have no fear of those things. By the way, that was Austin Powers. <laughs> you have no fear of those. <laughs> you have no fear of those things. No, you don't need to be frozen for 30 or 40 years like Austin Powers was. No, you have no fear, old or young, it doesn't matter. And that's when you can truly live. You can only live if you're free to live, really. If, you're, if you are liberated. So you can't identify with here. You can't identify with your family. Let's face it. They're all going to pass away. You can only identify with eternity. And you saw Paul's, 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 constructed his compelling argument for not having any fear. He actually started off with 
the grandmother, his mother, right? And where did he go to? Then he went to eternity, right? So he started off with his family of origin. And actually, essentially, why did he do that? He started off because, oh, they were people of great faith, right? And join them. See his argument? Now oh, he's constructing this great argument that they were people of great faith. And they, of course, identify with me, identify with eternity, identify with where we are going. And that's what you should identify with, right? I mean, don't forget what Paul is actually saying. Join me in chains. I mean, Paul isn't saying, come and be in prison with me. But at this time, you know, preaching the gospel was dangerous. So it's like, yeah, you, you could be arrested for it. But don't forget the testimony of our Lord. Don't forget who we're suffering for here, right? You've got to have that in order to truly overcome fear. And I'm not talking about first layer, second layer. I'm talking about all of it. To have that sense of identity, and it can only be Christ. Once you've got that, you don't have this conflicted heart. Peter was conflicted for a long time, not just the night that he denied Christ. He didn't even know, but deep down in his heart, even though he was telling himself, I'll go with you to the death, his heart was clearly saying, I'll only go with you so far, right? I'll only go with you so far. And sometimes, right, a situation has to occur for us to see how far we'll truly go, right? That, to see how far will we truly go. Anyway, say, oh, I just know my heart. I know what I will do. Is a fool. Is a fool, according to Proverbs. You are a fool. No, you do not know. You have to identify with eternity, right? And when you identify with eternity, you know what identifying with eternity does? It purges your heart of all the worldly. Purges your heart of all the worldly. If you've never identified with eternity, your heart is full of the worldly. Really. You've got to be able to identify with the eternity to be able to overcome the worldly or the earthly. You can do some um, prayer points. It's Lord God, <clears throat> give me the grace to identify with eternity, Lord God. <clears throat> give me the grace to overcome with eternity, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Father, we praise your holy name. Father, we pray that you will give me the grace, Lord God, to identify with eternity, to overcome the worldly, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord God, give me the grace, Lord God, to purge my heart of all of 
the worldly. You know, this is not for people who want to think that they're all set. This is not for people to want to think that they are all set. No, this is for people who understand because all set is in a lot of people's mind is winning a battle here and there. No, I'm talking about this is for people who want to win the war. This is for people who want to win the war, who truly mean business. God does business with those that mean business, right? So it's you understanding. And this is why we're not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. It's you understanding that you are not there and that you have a long way to go. This is just a hey, whatever we get on a daily basis is a superficial victory. You know, I've seen so many people who've had a victory. They think that they are all set and the enemy has come and blown them away. The enemy has come and blown them away. Am I telling people to be paranoid? No, I'm, I'm telling people to be sober, to be vigilant. Because your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. That's what I'm saying. Lord God, give me the grace to purge my heart of the worldly. We all know we've lived in this world. We've partook of the earthly, right? Give me the grace to purge my heart of the worldly, of the earthly. Lord God, there are things in my heart that I do not even know that are there, Father, Lord God, but they war against the spirit. Give me the grace to purge my heart of the worldly. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We just praise your holy name. Father, I pray that you will give me the grace to purge my heart of the worldly. I know there are things there, Lord God, that I do not even know, Lord. I pray, Father, Lord God, that nothing will trip me up. Nothing will cause me to be devoured by the enemy, Lord God. I want to be sober and vigilant, Lord God. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is, this is the next uh, prayer. because. Unforgiveness, resentment, jealousy, bitterness, all of these things can cause fear. And why can they cause fear? Because they're a lie. They're a lie. It's the truth that makes us bold. The righteous are as bold as lions. So it's log on, log on. Anything, any resentment, any jealousy, anything, Lord God, that uh, from my past experience, anything, Lord God, that has gone uncovered that I am not aware of, Lord God. So we kind of pray in a version of the prayer that we've prayed before, but you, we can't pray, pray prayers like this enough. So Lord God, search my heart, Lord God. Let me, Lord God, let me see, uncover, Father Lord God, anything that I've passed over, that I've glossed over, that I've justified in my own mind. I know, Lord God, we all want to say we are all set, but it's you that truly tell us that we are all set. 
anything, Father, in my heart that could hurt me or hurt someone else, Lord God, let it be shown to me. Let it be revealed to me. Resentment, jealousy, anything, Father, Lord God, I need to get revenge, bitterness, Lord God, anger, hatred, Lord God, let it be revealed to me, Lord God. Wipe it out of my heart in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We praise your holy name, Lord God. Father, we pray that anything that's hiding in the dark recesses of our hearts, Lord God, that you would reveal it to us. Jealousy, bitterness, anger, broken relationships, Lord God, resentment, regret, Father, Lord God, blame, Lord God, any hatred, Lord God, anything, Father, Lord God, that we do not see, Lord God, we pray that you would shine a light on it, Lord God, and give us the grace to deal with it, Father, Lord God. Let Everyone here, Lord God, feel lighter after this, Lord God. Feel less burdened, Lord God. Have more peace. Have more joy, Lord God. Have more of a sense of self-identity, Lord God, and that they would identify with, not with this world, Lord God, but with the spiritual world, with the world that we do not see that is more real than the one that we do see. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. So, caring call, and then I'll pass it over to Sandy. Um, it's for people who don't know the Lord. Father, Lord, I know I am a sinner. I know you shed your precious blood so that I might be saved. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for saving me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>